Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hi Scott. Hey Sean, I uh, I noticed your welcome there was pretty quick. Yeah, pretty subdued. You're trying to pretty calm. conserve your energy, hey? Yeah, and we also didn't put music in front of this. You didn't know that because we don't normally play the music, but I'm not putting music in front no, of this. No, you're right either. because this isn't uh, a very long, long uh, hit. It is not. So uh, we, along with the entire Curling Podcast community, were challenged today, uh, Monday, March 23rd, by Curling Geek to re-release our first ever episode unedited. But we were given permission to do this. Yeah. To tee yeah, it to up. Yeah, to tee it up. Because our, our first episode, Sean, wasn't really an intro to what the podcast is, but more uh, a preview of the Curling Trials. No. Not the trials? Not the trials. Our first episode was a preview of the 2018 Scotty's Tournament that's of right, Hearts. That's right. Uh, we had talked about doing it at the trials and yes. uh, then birthed the idea uh, a couple months later. Yes. So uh, this was recorded on a Friday afternoon before the Scotty's got started uh, that night with the wildcard game. And. It was because it was the Olympic year, it happened to be the same weekend where we were playing in the Rideau men's bonds field that we play in every year, Scott. So our dad was yeah. with us and says like two words on the yeah, show. Yeah, he really uh, parlayed that appearance into podcast superstardom. Yes, uh, solid contributions there. <laughs> so uh, this, of course, is the event that Jennifer Jones goes on to win. Uh, I assume we make picks in it at some point. Uh, but uh, if you can see how wrong we were, what we might have been right about. But this is our first effort at a podcast that has grown into whatever it is now. Yay. So, <laughs> so that being said, we won't uh, drag this out any longer. Here is our first ever episode from February 2018, previewing the 2018 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. Yeah, line. Line's good. Welcome to Game of Stones. I am Sean Graham. Premier episode. We are going to break down the 2018 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. Who better to do the Scotty's with? Then my big brother, Scott. Hi, Scott. Hey, Sean. It's great to be here on the inaugural episode, and I'm really looking forward to getting down to uh, previewing this Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. I think it's going to be quite the show. Wow. Not many people are saying that. Uh, and we also have our father, Steve. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hi, boys. So you're basically here to play the Stadler and Waldorf role. Absolutely. Criticizing. The old man in the yeah. corner. <laughs> Okay, so, so we are recording this. It is about 5 o'clock or sorry, 6 o'clock Eastern time on Friday night. So the play-in game is about three hours from now. Yes. So we don't know as we're recording this who the wildcard team is going to be. So let's start with the wildcard team. The, the or Canada Curling, or Curling Canada, whatever they call themselves, used to be the CCA. I still say CCA um, when I shorthand it. And... So the CCA, they have decided to go to a 16-team format away from the 12-team format. So all 14 provinces and territories will be in, including Northern Ontario. Team Canada is 15, and now the 16th team is going to be a wildcard team. The two teams playing tonight, Kerry Ironerson, Chelsea Kerry. They are the two top-ranked teams on the ranking system who did not qualify for this event. So that's who's playing tonight. So let's start there, Scotty. Between Chelsea Carey, Carey Einerson, who you got? Well, the Carey versus Carey matchup is how it's being billed, at least in my own head. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, Chelsea Carey's team is playing really well. They picked up a big win at that uh, Grand Slam event mm-hmm. last weekend. Uh, they seem to be on a roll. Carey Einerson, I've uh, seen them uh, in the Manitoba playdowns. They faltered a little bit there at the end. So I'm going to have to give the edge to Chelsea Carey. Yeah, I think I would too. And what's interesting to me is that Carey Anderson is in fourth in the, the points. Right. So if you look at the points rankings, Chelsea Carey is in second. Carey Anderson's in fourth. I'm surprised that Carey Anderson is that high. I know they play a lot on tour, but they don't have a lot of results on tour. Like yeah. they, they don't win a lot of events. 
Yeah, they're they're always uh, knocking at the door, though. They they're always in contention. Teams. They do. They don't. They don't go and get shut out at events. That's right. Like, That's they're right. a good team. They just don't have a lot of signature wins on their resume. Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head, that's for sure. They are uh, they are quite strong though, and always show well at Manitoba Playdowns. And mm-hmm. yeah, and the thing is, if you can do well in, Man- in Manitoba, like if you don't win, like that's understandable. Manitoba is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, so if you don't win, it makes sense that that you can be a good team and not win. And they did win. They have represented Manitoba before. Yes, but. In, in this matchup, you ha- definitely have to give the, the edge to Chelsea Carey, I think. And you've got to remember that year they represented Manitoba. I believe their road didn't go through Jennifer Jones as she had been knocked out uh, before having to face Carey Anderson. Really? Or was, it, was she a Team Canada that year? Either way, I mean... Either way. It, it, yeah, but they have been Manitoba before. So, they have, so, so the idea of being at a Scotties, they're not going to be overwhelmed by the idea of it. But no, no, not at all. I don't think they'll they'll shrink in the light of the big stage. No, uh, that's for sure. I'm just going on Chelsea Carey and her team, their track record. They performed really, really well at the Roar. Like I said last weekend at the Grand Slam, they were on point, mm-hmm. and I just look for that to continue. And should they win, they'll be one of the favorites in this field. Oh, absolutely. Because so let's get into it. This is not the greatest field that we've ever seen at a Scotties. Now, to be fair, at most national events, uh, the Briar and the Scotties, they're not as strong of fields as you see in the Grand Slam events or in the Canada Cup. But you're right, even taking that into consideration, uh, there's a lot of teams uh, in this field that, frankly, I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> I mean, and there's two extremes in this field, too. There's super young teams who we've never heard of because they're juniors, and there's older teams who we've heard of and had thought have retired, <laughs> and now they're playing. And this event, I joked when we were at the, the Continental Cup on the media bench on the Sunday as all these results were coming in, we made a joke that they could just cancel the seniors. Like, uh, like the top seniors teams are here. That's true, We don't yeah. need to have this event. So, so let's start. So there's two pools of eight teams. There's going to be a round robin between each pool. The top four teams for each pool will move forward, and you'll play the four teams from the other pool to get you to your record in 11 games. We'll set the playoffs from there. The teams have been ranked 1 through 16 based off of their points on tour this year. That's right. That's how they've been ranked. So let's start with Pool A. Okay. Let's break down Pool A. So Pool A is Jennifer Jones. Manitoba, whichever team wins this game tonight, the wildcard team, Tracy Fleury out of Northern Ontario, Marianne Arsenault from Nova Scotia, Sherry Anderson from Saskatchewan, Sylvie Robichaud from New Brunswick, Carrie Galusha from the Northwest Territories, and the Duncan team from the Yukon. Right. So this pool looks to me to be... uh, Maybe the weaker of the two pools? Wow, really? Hot you do, take. You don't agree? No, I think this is the better pool. Hmm, interesting. I, not, think I, this, I frankly don't even think it's close. Don't even think it's close. I no. think this pool is quite top-heavy, but once you... I mean, Tracy Fleury, their team has been there before, mm-hmm. but they're the third highest-ranked team in this pool, and frankly, it's a, it's a tough match for them to get out of Northern Ontario going against Krista McCarvel. Right, so they yeah, so they're a good team. So they, they should be in the running. I think, but but when you look at the the draw overall, Marion Arsenault has won five, four, five, like not as a skip fifteen years ago. Too. But, yes, but she's she's won. She knows how to do this. Even when she when she goes, she tends to win in a normal year four or five games at least. Right, so that's a good sign. Right, so she's good. Sherry Anderson has been there forever. Right? She's in her I think, late 50s, right? And so she knows what's going on. She has a young team with her who will not, who can, she can sort of use her experience to guide that team through the, the early part of the week where I think they're all rookies, so they might be slightly overwhelmed or, or just sort of in awe of it, but she can sort of guide them through that. You have good teams there. Sylvie Robichaud, she's been there a couple times before. But what I think is the really underdog team here that I expect to do really well. I think Carrie Galusha is by far the, the biggest sleeper in this field. Last year, she won five games. 
And she added Sarah Colton, who has represented the territories before as a skip. She represented the territories in juniors as a skip. She's a really good player, a very, very solid addition to this team. I think Carrie Galusha gets into the championship round out of this pool. It looks to me like you're looking at me as if that's a hot take, Sean. And <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I, I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, Sarah Colton, as you mentioned, is quite a good player. Has a long track record in juniors. And her joining Carrie uh, to play third, I think, is really, really a uh, strong addition to the team. As as far as uh, Sherry Anderson goes, she might have a bone to pick with you because How old is uh, Sherry she's Anderson? 54 years old. Okay, so she's in her mid-50s. I'm <laughs> not sorry. Not late 50s. Uh, okay. Sorry, Sherry. We'll, uh... She's eligible for seniors, <clears throat> not eligible for masters. That's true. That's yeah. true. And uh, and I think I think she could uh, make some noise with this young team. Uh, you're right. Marion Arsenault's team, you know, they, they... Yeah, they could do well but I could I just as easily see them not winning any games or one or two not winning any games wow but like in this okay but in this group right so you have these eight teams how do you get it down to four I don't think there's I would say there's two teams that you could say probably aren't going to make it to that championship round I would say Sylvie Robichaux and then the Duncan team and then the other six I wouldn't be surprised out of any of those six who make it through so the Duncan team uh, consists of uh the girl who played third for Sarah Colton when they represented the Yukon in right. 2014. Uh, Chelsea Duncan. And uh, so they've they've got some experience. I think it's two of the four that okay. were on that Yukon team in 2014. And so they've got some experience, but you're right. I think they've still got a little ways to go. Um, looking at the rest of the field... It, to me, Manitoba and whoever wins that wildcard game tonight are going through. Yeah, so there's two spots. No so, so then, so we're looking for two more. Right. I'd slot in the territories as that third team, and then it's a fight for me between uh, Northern Ontario and the Saskatchewan team of Sherry Anderson. So you're what not do you, you're, you don't think you don't think Marianne Arsenault has a chance. You don't think it's going to be close. I don't think so. No. Okay, so so I mean, my I would say if I were to predict what the the rankings will be after the round robin within this group, I'd put Jones first. I don't think Jones loses, to be honest, in this. Maybe to the wildcard team, maybe. But if you look at the rest of them, I can't see her losing to any of these teams. So Jones first. I would put probably the wildcard team probably second, mm-hmm. and then I would go Tracy Fleury and Carrie Galusha. Would be my guess. Okay. It wouldn't shock me if Sherry Anderson's there. It wouldn't shock me if Marianne Arsenault's there either. A game to watch for on Saturday evening is the game between Tracy Fleury and Marianne Arsenault from Nova Scotia. Mm. Uh, that'll be a real tone setter for the rest of the week. And if, if uh, Nova Scotia can get off to a good start, yep. then what you're saying is not out of the realm of possibility. Right. And what's, what's interesting, too, is that going down to a seven-game round robin, to get to that championship round instead of having the full 11-game round, Robin. I think Casey, or, uh, Stacey Curtis said this in an article that was published today, that there's so much more pressure on that opening weekend. Right Before, you could go, say, 1-2 and two in that opening weekend, you're not sunk. Now, if you're 1-2 after the opening weekend, you p- might have to run it, uh, or at the very least, go... Two and one. I mean, four and three might not get you through. Yeah, four and three looks to be the number, as Vic always likes to say. Count We're the looking losses. for Count three the losses. losses. Yeah, and uh, four and three might get you a tiebreaker, but uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's a lot more pressure right off the bat mm-hmm. uh, to to perform in order to advance to that championship pool. Yeah. So so I think that pool is overall stronger, top to bottom. I think there's more parity in that pool. I think there's more chance for surprises in. The, the top pool. I really do. I think six of the eight teams have a legit chance of getting into the championship pool, and I don't think that's true in the second pool. So you don't think that's true in pool B? I okay. don't. Uh, or, well, or at least, okay, maybe it might be true that any of the six could get through, but I don't think they're as good. I don't think they put up as much of a threat. I think you put, when we get to that championship round, I would, and we, we'll keep track of this, I, I would... Imagine that the Pool A teams will have a better record against the Pool B teams. Interesting. Once we add them up at the end of the week. Yeah, you might be right about that. Uh, what, I, what my belief is is that Pool B is overall deeper. But before we move there, let's get it on record then, our predictions for Pool A. Yeah, let's do it. So I got Jones, Wildcard, Flurry, and Kerry Galusha. 
All right, and I'm going to go uh, similar order. I'm going to go Manitoba 1, Wildcard 2. Give me Kara Galusha to finish in that 3 spot. And then I I suppose I'm going to go with uh, our resident uh, senior and take Sherry Anderson. Yeah, as Sherry that Anderson. I, team. And I interviewed Sherry Anderson a few years ago at the Scotties when it was in Montreal. I asked her then, that was 2014, yeah. I think, right? So four years ago. Uh, so I asked her then, how long are you going to go? And she sort of looked at me with this quizzical look of just like, why would I stop? <laughs> like, I love, I love it. I love playing. This is fun. Get out of my face. Yeah, and like, uh, as she should have, Sean. Yes. She's showing no signs of slowing down. Well, it was an Olympic year, and it's mostly because during an Olympic year, there's so much turnover, people step away. I mean, Amy Nixon, in her 30s, she stepped away yeah. going into an Olympic year. So the idea that 50-year-old Sherry Anderson at the time might want to step away, I don't think it's... A ridiculous question. Now, Sean, you've lived in Saskatchewan. I have, and there's you've got to know there's nothing else, there's to, nothing do, else to do. So why not yeah. keep curling? You got to right? keep playing, and you know you can get a younger team together. I I, I think it's I, I don't know this for sure, but I, I would get the sense that she probably just didn't want to sweep anymore. Like <laughs> go 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 skip. You don't have to sweep. Get younger people. They can play front end. Yeah, and I mean honestly, the the Stephanie Lawton Sherry. Anderson dynamic, at least from television, never really made sense to me because I always got the sense that Sherry Anderson was a better strategist than mm. Stephanie Lawton. And so having Sherry Anderson move into the skip role makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense to pair with a young team too. Yeah. 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 Yin and yang. Right, <laughs> right, ages, right. I would agree. There you go. All right. Yeah, and yeah, don't make don't laugh at me for saying she doesn't want to sweep. You don't want to sweep. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so um, I'm a lot of so. All right, so that's pool A. So let's go to, to pool B, which you think is stronger. I think that the overall the depth is is more in pool B. So that's what I mean by when I when I say stronger. I okay. think I think pool A is a lot more top heavy than pool B. Okay, so pool B is Casey Scheidegger from Alberta. Michelle Englott, who is Team Canada, even though she was the runner-up last year with Rachel Holman going off to Korea shortly. I assume they're leaving within the next week or so. To, they're going to Japan. Everyone's going to Japan. All these Olympic teams are going to Japan Got first. Got to go to Japan. And then going to Korea. Then Holly Duncan out of Ontario, team of rookies. Right? Never, uh, I think. Um, I think all of them are rookies. Steph LeDrew's been uh, the fifth for Rachel Holman before, as yep. is uh, Cheryl Kirby-Hazek. Right. But as actual full-on players then yes they're yeah, making their debut uh kessa van osh from bc who you know who's been there she was there in 2014 representing yep. bc and this team different has, team though now yeah she's got her sisters playing with her so we'll touch on that yeah stacy curtis out of newfoundland and labrador who's been there a bunch a bunch of times uh, robin mcphee from pei she's lots of experience the gagne team i think it's emily gagne um i think uh we're real prepared so the Gagne, what's interesting about the Gagne team is they're juniors, and they're all juniors. They lost in the Quebec Provincial Junior Semifinal and then went on and won the Provincial Championship in the women's game. So mm -hmm. they're all making, obviously, their debuts as an extremely young team. Emilia Gagne. Emilia, excuse me, yes. And then the uh, Shackleton team at Anunavut, which has a really interesting dynamic because the skip, uh, Amy Shackleton, has never met the women who she's playing with. They would have met each other, I assume, yesterday when they all got there because the one of their players who they won the Nunavut Territorial Championship with had a scheduling conflict, couldn't play in the Scotties through a connection that Amy had in McCallowit, hooked up with his team, got on, she's going to throw skip stones, and we'll see how it goes. In, in the article on TSN, Amy says that if they can go one and six, she'll be thrilled. And I think that is a probably a good baseline for them. That's a terrific goal, I would say. And yeah. that is pretty insane that you've never met your team and you're playing with them at a national championship. I think even doing that at a curling club is pretty weird. Yeah, it's... Yeah, and it's ha like sometimes it happens. Oh, you it spare happens. with people you've never met, and it feels, you know, by the fourth end, you're still not sure about where to put the broom and all that. And yeah. different people have different calling things. Some people use zones. Some people like to just say, like, oh, it's going to be top four. Mm -hmm. Other people have different hand signals for the weights, all these things. <laughs> so it's, it does, it takes a long time to, to figure it out. So hopefully, for them, the, 
that there's it's smooth in that respect mm-hmm. because what we've seen from Nunavut in pretty much all the national championships is that they have a tough time winning games just in general. Sure. So even with a fully formed team that had played together, the expectations wouldn't be high for them. And different ice conditions than they're used to, you know, and, and a whole bunch of different stuff. But, yeah. But, you know, it's good to see all the provinces and territories finally being represented at a full national championship. Yeah, this is the first time this has happened. So, And, and the Nunavut teams, they've been there for the past couple of years, and I don't think they've won a game. Maybe they have, but they, they certainly haven't been a threat to make it into the full draw during the relegation round. True enough. So, all right, so let's go through this. So you think this is a, a more balanced pool? I think overall it's deeper, yeah. I think Casey Scheidegger, their team has had a great season, a uh, great couple seasons, to be honest. They showed really well at the Roar of the Rings here in December in Ottawa. They did really well in Provincials, obviously, having won it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but Casey uh, made a lot of big shots. I think they've got to be considered the favorite in this pool. When we're looking at uh, Team Canada and Michelle Englott, obviously you talked about the special circumstances under which they got to be Team Canada. And they've played a lot of events this fall and not shown super well. They, we saw them- We saw them at the Continental Cup. At the Continental Cup and uh, Michelle struggled. She did. Uh, Kay Cameron was playing really well. Kay Cameron crushed it. That Sunday night game or Sunday afternoon game where she played with Mark Kennedy. The mixed skins, yeah. I she, don't think she missed. She was pretty on fire. And you know what? They made the playoffs this past weekend in... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So even Canmore. though Michelle Englott wasn't great at the Continental Cup, individually, the team played really well last weekend. That's true. And I, I always worry about that one shot with Michelle Englott as her outturn hit, which I, I think it, it was pointed out last year, even during the run, that was something that... She struggled a bit with, and, mm-hmm. and she seemed to struggle with draw weight uh, at the Continental Cup when we saw her, but... But a lot of people did. To be fair, a lot of people struggled with draw weight at sure, the Continental sure. Cup. And what I was going to say is, you know, knowing Michelle Inglot, she'll be able to turn it on once the big lights come. She's always done it. She did it last year. Showed up big time. If Kate Cameron plays well, that team's got a chance to contend. Do they have a chance to win? No. Okay. They don't have a chance to win. <laughs> Okay, so you, so we like Michelle Inglot. Kessa Van Osh. You know Kessa Van Osh. I know her a little bit. We, we played in the Victoria Super League together, and um, the addition of her sisters to the team, I think, is really going to help her. Mm-hmm. Um, Marika and Kalia. I, Kalia played in the BC Juniors finals and has won BC Juniors, so, so has Marika. So I think they're bringing a lot to the table. They're a really strong young team. And to be honest, they're they're my dark horse from this pool. Okay, then that's fair. I mean, we, we, I felt so bad for them in 2014. There was a flu going through. That's right. They had to play at least one game with three players. Yeah, they were really hit hard like they by They really, it. really struggled. And their fifth uh, had to come in. Uh, they, so they played a third game, or played with three, with the fifth as one of the three. Like, they really, really struggled. I think it was Patty uh, Nisevich. Patty Nisevich. Who yeah. was the, the fifth that year. And so they, they struggled. So hopefully they can stay healthy and play all the games. Fingers uh, crossed, for, yeah. for them. Because Kessa was one of the people who missed one of the games. So yeah. it, it hit her, uh, certainly. I think one morning, I think there was one day she played the morning draw, and she came off the ice and came into the media area, and... Like, she just had no color in her face, and, and she went back to the hotel, and she didn't play the next game mm-hmm. uh, that day. So hopefully she's feeling a bit better. Obviously, in that condition, you're not going to post as well as you would have expected. Well, you would think, but they still went 7-4 and four that week? 6-5. and they went 6-5. 6-5, yeah. right? So they still, they just missed the play. So they still did well, yeah. So this is a team that, that, yeah, most people aren't familiar with. I don't think they play on tour all that much. No. And here's a chance for them to sort of come out and, and sort of stake their claim. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe sort of take the Kelly Scott type position as the BC team who's always there and contends, but we don't see them on tour that much. I mean, Kelly Scott played on tour, but mm-hmm. sort of not as much as the Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba teams. Yeah, they, they play on the BC tour, which is sort of a lesser known, but I think that uh, if they do want to improve and, and keep coming back to these kinds of events, going on tour is an eventuality that's mm-hmm. going to have to become a reality. 
but that said, they're really strong players. They, they've been curling together since they were little kids, and I think they'll do really well. Yeah, the sister dynamic is interesting, because from my experience, sisters either get along really well or hate each other. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no in-between with sisters. Oh, like, like brothers? Like, that might be an overgeneralization. I don't know, but <laughs> so... We'll see what happens. And it's interesting with these family dynamics, especially when we were watching during the mixed doubles. Mm-hmm. Like the, the teams that were married had a... Like they would talk to each other in a way that, as a viewer, you'd think was uncomfortable or that they were angry at each other, but they're married. And like they, you can talk to each other in a way that with someone who you don't know that well, an acquaintance, it might be seen as mean or something. But with a family member... It's just that's how you talk to each other. That's how you talk to each other. So it that's makes right. sense, yeah. That's right. So Stacy Curtis, returning team, been around a bunch. She's increased her win total the past few years, right? Mm-hmm. I think she's going from two to three to four. So she's on the upswing. Yep. Again, a team that doesn't play on tour a lot. The reality of, of being in Newfoundland is part of that. Certainly Brad Gushu has faced this. That, And he's talked about it a lot. The expense of, having a, of playing on tour is a lot. But... Here's a team that, given their improvement over the past few years, wouldn't be surprised to see them in that championship pool. I wouldn't be surprised to see them sneak in there either. The, the problem is, like you said, they don't play enough on arena ice. So they don't get enough experience, so it always takes them a game or two. Yeah. And as we said before, I mean, with the importance of the opening weekend being even more, that, that could uh, place these teams, such as Newfoundland and uh, New, New Brunswick, yeah. could put them in a bit of a hole. Yeah, so they don't have a lot of time, so they do have to get out to a quick start, you would think. And I don't know, I don't know what their draw is, but I mean, if, 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 if they can, um, like, you know, if you can get games that you assume you're going to lose out of the way early while you're learning the ice, even better, right? Even better, yeah. That, yeah. That's probably the way you want to go about it. Uh, Rob McPhee, very experienced player. Never mm-hmm. really has been a threat in this uh, as a skip. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say she's probably in that range of, you know, she might be able to sneak in. If, if it lands at three losses, four and three, maybe. But yeah, I think a tiebreaker would be uh, a, real, a real win for this PI team. Uh, their lead is Michelle McQuaid, who I played with at the Royal Montreal Curling Club a hey. few years back when I lived in Montreal. And... Uh, She's she's a really nice player, really good uh, good to play with. So shout out to Michelle. You know? So you're rooting. I'm you have rooting, a rooting, I'm rooting interest. For you're not an impartial I, journalist here. No, no, I never claimed to be a journalist. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, her brother Adam McQuaid used to play for the Bruins. If he doesn't still. Oh. And so you know. So we don't like that. Bruins, we don't like that much. No. But uh, I'm rooting for PEI. Okay, uh, and this Quebec team. We just don't know what to expect. We've never seen them before. No, and you know what? This is going to be a great chance for them to get some experience under the bright lights, uh, get it, get some time on TV, and you know, show what they can do. Yeah. So maybe they come in with no expectations at all and go on a bit of a surprise run. Yeah. I know we saw Casey Scheidegger at the, at the Roar of the Rings, and I don't think a lot of people had them tabbed for anything when they came into the week. No. Rolled no. off a few wins early and uh, became a surprise darling of the crowd so maybe this quebec team's got that same chance yeah and this is the team that if they were in the other pool i would say no chance of making the the round interesting the the, the round but in this pool i could see it right i mean who i don't think there's a team in this field again not having ever seen them play but you look at the names in the field if you tell me that she beats casey scheidegger then okay i'll believe it like if you told me she was going to beat jennifer jones then i would be surprised right like it's sort of that balance. Or if she beat either of the wildcard contenders, then it'd be a surprise win. I think it would still be a surprise if she beat Casey, but, uh, you know, that's, that's just me. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Casey Scheidegger for a second. Okay. Um, at the trials, she did really well. Where I, what I think is really interesting about this team is at the trials, they lost close games. Real close games. Like, they, they didn't get blown out that much. They were in a lot of close games. They should have won. Certainly the, the Rachel Holman game, she should have won. It was a guard yeah. that I think either undercurled or overcurled by a foot and a half. Yeah, she put it in the only place that she could <laughs> That she could lose the game. Yeah. Right, so, so they, they have the experience on the arena ice. They're having a good season. This is a team that it, I think they should finish first in this pool. <clears throat> Yeah, I'd, and I don't really see another team 
threatening them in this pool. Well, unless unless the Englad team sort of does what they did last year. Like, don't forget, Michelle Englad did beat Rachel Holman twice last year in the Scotties. She did. Right? Not, not when it counted, but yes, she did. Right. So, well, she took it to an extra end, and Holman had to make a hero <laughs> shot in the 10th end to save it. Yeah, and I do think that was a bit of lightning in a bottle for that Englot team based on their performance this past year. They're, they're, they're a good team, but do I, think, do I think that they're perennial contenders at the Scotties? No, and I don't even think last year they were favored to make the playoffs. No, because when last year was a bit of a better field, yeah. Too. So yeah, you're, you're right on that. And I guess they got lucky last year though in that they came out of Manitoba. They didn't beat Jennifer Jones in the Manitoba Playdowns last year, right? Jennifer Jones lost in the semi, and then Michelle Englert beat the team who yeah. who had beaten Jennifer Jones. So that is a, a, a part of it. But you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at the the end of the first round robin within the pool if she's six and one no uh it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me but uh but but what i'm saying in this pool is that those two are are the favorites but i think the, the other six are not that far from those two does that make sense it does it does i i, I just i don't know if i necessarily agree i think they are i think casey scheidegger is probably ahead of michelle Inglot. And then Michelle Inglot is sort of a step down, and then everyone else is looking up at the two of them. Okay, so would we say it's the same as sort of Manitoba and the wildcard team in Pool A? Those two are the class of the pool, and then everybody else is looking up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I would say the six others in this pool aren't as good as the six in, the, in Pool A overall. But yeah, and, I, and maybe I'm biased because, you know... I, you have I, connections I, to I all these people. some connections to these You people. know all the people. But, uh, but yeah, and, and we didn't talk about the Team Ontario, really. Oh, yeah, let's talk about so, Team Ontario real quick. So a bit of a surprise that yeah. Ali Flaxy didn't make it out of Ontario. Ali uh, Flaxy did poorly in the... I, I think she would say she did poorly. Julie Tippin didn't do well yeah. in the Ontario playdowns either. So two teams that we saw at the trials that didn't post very well right. at the and, Ontario Provincials. And a lot of them would look at that... Look at this year with Rachel Holman's team not being in the field and say, hey, this is our chance. Yeah, real opportunity. And uh, this it's, was also a chance for this other team to come out and and make a good showing. So I'm, I'm pretty interested to see it. Uh, Steph LeDrew, as I said before, from Newfoundland, mm-hmm. was fifth for Rachel Holman in 2014 at the Scotties there in Montreal. Right. And has been on TV, you know, announcing the... The Canadian Junior Rancy Championships, yeah. which is pretty good. Uh, so good player. I'm, I'm excited to see her get her chance to play at the Scotties this year. Also, uh, Cheryl Kerviasik, who we played against last year at the uh, Ottawa Curling Club. <laughs> and we and, beat. Uh, you know, we beat on a draw to the button. No big deal, right? Uh, pretty easy. Straightforward. Pretty easy. The fact that Dave Mathers was really drunk <laughs> might have helped us, but hey. I mean, like, we're all... Uh, Everyone was kind of drunk, but uh, whatever. Wins a win, right? Yeah. The draw to the button might have been a quarter to one. Yeah. On yeah. a Saturday morning. That was pretty fun. Uh, but you know, whatever. We won. We won, and That's all you'll, you'll never take away the fact that we beat a world champion. So, That's true. You know. Yeah. Not bad. But uh, but anyway, like so, this team could. Yeah, they're sort of a bit unknown on the national stage, and I think you know they. They could do something. If they get in a tiebreak out of this pool, I think it's a pretty good victory for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen this with Ontario teams before that have come out for the first time. I think with Ali Flaxy was yeah, an example yeah. of this. Like they come out, and they do okay, but they struggle at the start of the week mm-hmm. and then sort of find their ground. So if it's sort of like that, you know, if they can get to four wins, that I think it would be good. In this pool, they, I, I could see them getting five too. But It'd be pretty good. So It'd be a good, a good start. So let's, let's go through this. For, right. So I got, for my four, I think Casey Scheidegger and Michelle Englott should get through pretty easily, I would suspect. And then, based on what we saw in Montreal, I, I like Kessa Van Osh as, as another team to come out of this pool. And then, I, I maybe it's because I'm rooting for her, but I kind of want Stacey Curtis okay. to do well. So I'll, I'll give my four spots to Stacey Curtis. All right. I mean... Like uh, plausible outcomes for sure, 
And I'm with you with uh, Alberta and Team Canada probably getting through. I don't necessarily think that Team Canada will finish second in this pool. They could. Um, but they might not. Uh, no, you're right. They might not. So I'm with you on Team BC. I'm rooting for Team BC, you know. Uh, lived out there long enough that I got to root for, <laughs> root for BC. And I'm going to go uh, PI for my uh, first Whoa. spot here. Might come through a tie break. Rob but, McPhee. Uh, yeah, give me Rob McPhee. Let me capture that uh, magic from 2003, Scotties? <laughs> or 2002? When she was playing with Suzanne. With Suzanne Goody. Now Bert. Now Bert. And uh, they made that magical run. Yeah. Boy, I remember that. That was good times. <laughs> and, you know, uh, that's, that's what I think is going to happen. All right. So we now, so that brings us down to eight. Uh, yeah. So we've eliminated eight of the teams. Half the field is gone. So w- the way it's going to work is the Pool A teams will play the four teams from Pool B and vice versa. So that'll get you to 11 games. You'll play seven in your own pool, additional four, and then it's still a page playoff. Yes. So let's sort of jump right to. So we got, we're down to eight. Who are your four playoff teams? So in theory, all four teams could come from the same pool. Yeah, I think it's... It's unlikely given that you'll have records, you know, you not right. everybody from pool A is going to go 7 and 0. No, but let's but if one pool is demonstrably better and each of those teams then in theory can go 4 and 0 in those games. That's true. Right? And could pass the other four teams. So in theory it could happen. Right. Unlikely to happen, but it's possible. Yes. So, so who are you for? I mean, you know, you got to give Jen Jones that uh, that number 1 spot, I don't think. There's any question about that? Uh, I'm gonna go with the wild card team as well. There's whoever comes out of that game tonight is gonna be really strong. Yeah. So give me those two. Give me Casey Scheidegger, number three. Yep. And then, you know what? Give me Kessa Van Osh uh, sneaking in the playoffs, number four, number wow. four seed. Okay. So Jones, wild card, Scheidegger, Van Osh. What's your one-two game? One two games going to be Jones against Scheidegger, I think. I think both of them will have the advantage of having a really strong record in their opening pool yeah. and having that little extra buffer before they get into that championship round. Okay, and your final? You know, give me in the three four game. You know what? Give me give me BC to get to that semifinal. Whoa. It's going to be great. Jeez, going to be uh, boy. Everybody's going to be. You're all in, man. Oh, I'm all in on BC. Uh, but in the end, uh, it'll be Manitoba, Alberta in the final, and uh, Jen Jones taking home another another title. Okay. So oh, got, one of the things we didn't talk about, though, is that uh, Jennifer yeah. Jones has oh, got a new third. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Yes, we didn't talk one. about this. Yeah, so Jen Jones, uh, Shannon Burchard, is yes. going to play third this week. Uh, Caitlin Laws is off at the Olympics playing mixed doubles with John Morris. I don't think it matters. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I mean... Yeah. Shannon played with them in the in the Grand Slam for the first couple days of this past yes. week. Uh, Caitlin was back for the playoffs, uh, but you know, I mean, it's a new dynamic. So in a long week, something could cause them to, to trip up. But you're right; I don't think it matters in the end. I think uh, Shannon Burchard comes in and gets a Scotty's title uh, right away. Right, and then it'll be awesome to see if she even gets picked as the fifth. For the world, for the world championships. championships, or yeah. if they just discard her uh, completely, but you know it, it does add a different dynamic to it. But for how good Jennifer Jones is, and how good Don or Don McEwen and uh, Jill Officer are, yeah, I mean having another player in there, I, I don't know if it'll really ultimately matter. It might, but they're so good. I mean, if you even look at when they won the Olympics, like Caitlin Laws in the gold medal game. Her shooting percentage was really not very good. She didn't play well in that game. And then Jennifer Jones just came in and shot, whatever, 90%. And yeah. just won the game. So, like, Jennifer Jones is good enough to do that. Sure. So, Shannon Burchard, you know, as long as she doesn't shoot, like, 25%, mm-hmm. they, they should be in good shape. And, and to me, as long as Jennifer Jones isn't disappointed by not making the Olympics and has that sort of carry through as a, a bit of a hangover right. into this event... Which, you know, to be uh, to be fair, she didn't in the Manitoba Playdowns or last weekend when she made the playoffs in the the Grand Slam event. So, I, I think they've got to be the strong favorites, yeah. and that's why they're my pick to yeah. win. Although we did watch that Manitoba 
semifinal or whatever it was, she should have lost. It was right? it was a, a close game that she should have. She should probably should have lost. She was she gave up the steal. They were tied, and then you know the guard on the last one. Like it just. It, I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, but if you watch that game... It was the final, yeah. There was a chance for, for Jennifer Jones to lose that game. But in this field, I think she's clearly the class of the field. I think you can make a case, especially if Chelsea Carey doesn't win tonight, that it's really Jennifer Jones to lose. I think you're right. I think you're right. So my four in the playoffs, I'm going to go with uh, Jennifer Jones, the wild card team. I'm going to go with Casey Scheidegger, and I'm going to go with Michelle Anglad. I think those are the four best teams in the field. I am going with them. Rock, Chalk, as Jayhawk. As the four. But here's where I might surprise you. My one-two game, I'm going to put Jennifer Jones against the wildcard team. Mm. I think that once you get to that crossover, Jones and whoever the wildcard team is will do really well against that other pool and will get enough wins, especially if one goes 7-0, and the other goes 6-1 and that first round. Bank enough wins where you can get those one-two spots. And then Casey Scheidegger... Michelle Englott. Where I will surprise you, though, is I think Casey Scheidegger wins that 3-4 game and then wins the semifinal. And we have a Jones-Scheidegger final. And Jennifer Jones wins. But Wow, I'm glad we talked about this beforehand. Wait, we didn't. But I'm, 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 she's, just, she's the best team there. Yeah. She really is. And... and there might be some sort of hangover. There might be some interpersonal issues with Shannon Burchard, but they're the best team there. I think you have to pick them. So I'm, I'm going with the Jen Jones team. Wow. What predictions we've made. What a great event this is going to be. It's going to be awesome. Now, let's, there's one more thing we should talk about before we, we sign off on the premiere episode. It's uh, the final. The final of the Scotty's Tournament of Hearts is going to be played on Sunday. You are correct. February the 4th. Is that right? February 4th? Yeah, Sunday, February the 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. And they're in Penticton, of course. And for those who might have done research on this, the Super Bowl, it's a football game. Some little football game going on. It's played annually. Uh, is going to kick off around 6.40 Eastern Time on the same day. Mm. And that generally gets about, you know, whatever, 120 million people watching it in North America. What do you think of Curling Canada's decision to start this game opposite the Super Bowl? You know what? Curling Canada has made a really great decision in some aspects of this championship. Uh For instance, uh, because of the pool play, there's a seeding draw Friday morning for all the teams that didn't make the championship round. Yep. The 3-4 game and 1-2 game are both going to be Saturday instead of playing the 1-2 game on fri- Friday night, yep. as has been done in years past, thus sort of dragging out that championship weekend. Yep. Well, they've stopped that the past few years. And kind be- of. Well, because of this, the, the semifinal and final will both be played on Sunday. Yeah. And so it's a bigger advantage now to the team that wins the one-two game. Exactly. And to accommodate this, it's gonna it's impossible to play only the final on the Sunday, you know, in the afternoon. Only the only because it's in BC. Now this it's an Olympic year. Normally this the the Scotties does not go up against the Super Bowl. An Olympic year they do it earlier. It has to go up against it. I think Curling Canada should have looked at this and done a better job and put it in BC next year. Don't put it in a place where you have to go up against the Super Bowl for the championship. If you did this in Eastern Canada or not or Central Canada, right? You could do this in the Central Time Zone and it would still work. Or I think this is the year. Go go to back to PEI or go to New Brunswick or, or do something mm-hmm. and then you can work it so that you can play your two games in the day. And you don't have to do this. You don't have to go up against the Super Bowl. This makes no sense to me. You're right. And go to Penticton next year. BC does a really good. BC is going to do a really good job in hosting this event for sure. But Curling Canada does a really good job of knowing knowing its audience for the Scotties and picking venues that are appropriate to the size. And in a in an Olympic year when it is advanced a bit earlier they tend to go to the 
the places where they might not draw as much of a crowd. Penticton is hard to get to in the winter. Uh, there's a lot of population in the in the Okanagan Valley, but it's not the kind of population that you'd get on the prairies coming to see one of these. And so I think that was more the driver of the decision. And okay, but you know what the dates are going to be. But there, you know when it's going to be. You know when the Super Bowl is going to be. The NFL doesn't hide when they're holding their game. No, it's you're not, right. It's not hard to figure this out. And they also, you know, they have to do it uh, geographically. They they split the. Yeah, and I'm. I know all the this. Event. I know I, I'm aware of all this. This is just. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, Sean, then let me ask. Or you. why not? Or why not? Why not have three games on Saturday? Why not schedule it and have the one-two game in the morning, three-four game in the afternoon, semifinal at night? They're used to playing split days anyway, and then you could have the final. Like it just the the decision to do this seems silly. Now, our father, who's sitting here and is conspicuously silent through most of this pointed out that there's a lot of old people who don't really care about football anyway, so why not just have them watch it anyway? And you can flip back and forth. But as our, as our resident uh, old person, old person <laughs> retired man, you tell me, where is your television going to be tuned on the night of February 4th? Well, because we don't uh, watch the Super Bowl live, we'll PVR it, probably watch the curling. And... Uh, Watch the Super Bowl later, so we can't, don't have to watch the. But but you'll find out what happened on Twitter. Yeah, tell me about Twitter. How do you handle your Twitter or your Turn Facebook or your Facebook feed? Turn those off. All these things. Turn those so off. you're not subscribed to the Facebook. <laughs> That's correct. Interesting <laughs> part of my internet. <laughs> oh boy. Well, then, Sean, I turn the question to you. Yeah. Where will your screen be tuned? I'm, I'm double screening. Double screening. I'm going to double screen this. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be with you. What are you talking about? We're yeah, going to we're, be, in, we're, we're going to be gonna, in the same place. We're going to be five feet from where we're sitting right now. What we're going to do is we're going to pull in that second TV. We'll put the curling game up on that one. Which one gets the volume? Well, you know, you got to have the, uh, oh, hurry hard. Yeah, go, go. So, I mean, probably. And you got to have Russ Howard say gear effect as gear much effect. as humanly possible. Drag. Uh, all the fun stuff. All the stuff we play for. Action. Just a Action. Give me a hair high. Hair high. Hair high. So <laughs> I, I'll be curious. I, I, we'll see what the ratings are and if there's any announcement of them. But I, I just think it's a curious decision, that's all. Yeah, it's not the smartest thing to no. do, but, you know, uh, sometimes I, I, your hands are tied. Right. I remember really well the, the Scotty's final in 2010. We were in Montreal at your apartment. We watched it. It was in the afternoon of the Super Bowl. It was that young PEI team. That's right. And they played, I think it was Jennifer Jones, but I can't remember for sure. And it was fun, right? The game was on in the afternoon, and then we jumped to the Super Bowl, and it was sort of a nice, smooth sports programming day. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're in BC. You can't do that here. The only way you could do it is play the semifinal at 9 local and then have a quick turnaround and start the game, the final, at 1 which that's probably not enough time for the ice guys. Although you could just use a different sheet, but whoa, whoa! It's I, I, you know it's 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 super quick turnaround or start the game at maybe eight thirty local, but then you could say that might be unfair to the teams. I don't know. But of all of your hot takes of this entire episode, you saying that they should play they could play the finals on a different sheet is the <laughs> hottest the biggest, of all that's those. The takes. biggest one. Why they scrape it anyway? It's like a new sheet. Oh my god! It's now definitely we're in, not. Now a we're in differently. Oh. Anyway, that game was between uh, Jennifer Jones and PEI. And it was close. Extra end? Extra end. Yeah, Jennifer Jones wins. Jennifer Jones representing Team Canada that year. That was a fun team, too, that young PEI team. For sure. Yeah. So going into it, we both have Jennifer Jones. Who you got? Jennifer Jones, but I like Scheidegger as well. Okay, so... She impressed me at the Roar, so... Sure. She did play well. She played really well. So we got three votes for, for Jennifer Jones. So we'll see what's up this week. I'm very happy for Brian Mudrick. He gets more games in this uh, schedule than he normally would because they're not taking, they're only taking Thursday morning off. So he and Kathy Goche can morning it up and have their witty banter. And uh, they, they're not trying to kill Vic by making him through, do three draws a day like they did at the Connell Cup. That was a bit much for Vic, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So up on the media bench, we were right next to the, the TV booth. And after the Thursday night game, he did his sign-off 
And someone said, we're clearing. He said, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so it should be a fun week. Uh, it's always fun when the Scotty is on. Good background noise. Good stuff to watch. Lots of content. So we'll keep our eyes open. We'll do a recap podcast after it's over. See what we were right about. See what we were wrong about. Probably if, wrong. See if Jennifer Jones is your Canadian women's champion for 2018. So that's it for the premiere episode of Game of Stones. Please do subscribe. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere you get your podcasts. So please do subscribe to us. We are produced by the Wascana Group. So if you're on Facebook or, excuse me, on YouTube, it's everything's going to be posted on the Wascana Group YouTube site, which is very new. I just created it. So everything will be there. You can find us on Twitter. Scott is at ScottLikesTV. You got it. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. Our father is at no, nothing. <laughs> is at nothing. And for all you out there, keep your brooms on the ice. Don't dump that intern. <laughs> So there you have it, Scott. First ever episode, wow. buddy. A little bit uh, of a walk down memory lane. I noticed that the audio was not so good. It wasn't the greatest that we've ever had, no. Yeah, uh, I guess doing a podcast in my living room uh, at the kitchen table. <laughs> I guess my kitchen, uh, <laughs> not <laughs> ideal, but, uh, a lot of fun. And, and, uh, we were right about one thing. Yeah. That Jennifer Jones is good. Yeah. In a field that was, uh, not so good comparing that field to, uh, the field we had this year, night and day. Yeah. That field. I, I mean, with respect to the players who were there, eh, not a great well, you field. Know, team Canada, Michelle Anglott didn't even win. So. Right. As happens most years. Well, no, they didn't. Team no, Canada, they didn't even. Team Canada doesn't win no, most. No, they years. didn't even win to get to be Team Canada. Is what I. No, mean. that's true. Yes, yes, uh, yes. The defending champion, of course, was not there in 2018. So yeah, just overall a bit of a weak field, which was too bad because it was the first year of that new format, and I think the format got a bit of a bum rap early, but because the games weren't great. But I think the games weren't great more because of the the field than. Certainly, the format, as we've seen over the the past couple of years, where I'm I'm all in on the the format. So, uh, so there you have it. There Scott. you have it. So, just over two years ago, that was our first episode. That was a fun idea by Curling Geek uh, to have everybody put those out. Uh, I know a few folks already have as we record this. Hopefully, everybody else does uh, as well. We get a chance to listen, see how far we've all come in the podcast game. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so that'll do it for us tonight. Uh, we'll be back later in the week with a new show, but hope you enjoyed this little trip down memory lane to our first ever episode. And as always, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. <laughs>